You're listening to the Cairn 10 Podcast, where we bring our alumni back inside Cairn University in just 10 minutes. Or in some cases, we are bringing Cairn University out to the alumni, like we're doing in this special edition of Cairn 10 on the Road. We have a special guest uh, with us here, actually. I'm in his office in uh, a beautiful scenic area, Vermont, Lindenville, Vermont, mountains loom everywhere in the background. Uh, Jay Braish, did I say it right, Braish? Braish. Braish. Jay Braish uh, is a grad from 2001 and has been here uh, doing work and ministry for about the last 10 years, and you'll hear all about that. Jay, thanks for letting us spend some time with you. This is exciting. Thanks for visiting. Yeah. Why don't you talk first about what you do here, the Fold Family Ministries? Yeah, sure. So the Fold Family Ministries is a Christ-centered residential program uh, for at-risk youth ages 13 to 17. We have a girl's home and a boy's home. And we have students who um, voluntarily choose to be here and submit themselves to an intensive spiritual discipleship program. Uh, Various backgrounds, various uh, family makeups. So we've got the single parent mom who's bringing her son. We have the, uh, you know, the missionary family, pastor family with the adopted child. We have your traditional Christian family. Um, And we have families that don't know the Lord at all that are looking for some kind of faith-based help. And so the Fold's been around since 1967, so over 50 years, uh, one of the oldest residential programs, and we've been working with kids and their families for a long time. Hmm. So the kids live on site, but we put on parent seminars um, to help train, equip, support, and nurture the parents so that after the kids finish the program, they have a healthy place to go back to. Yeah, Yeah, and you mentioned to me earlier when you were showing me around that um, you are very, very unique in even in just the state of Vermont here, (laughs) right? Can you talk about that a little bit? What makes you special? So we're licensed through Department of Child and Family Services to be here as a residential program. So we have kind of legalities that we we, uh, have to maintain for that. But we also have a licensed school on site so that we can cater the educational piece, the middle school and high school education piece for the kids where they're at, which is great. And then we are the only program, according to our DCF workers, in Vermont successfully working with the parents. And I attribute that to um, really that family atmosphere where it's love and grace, it's the gospel lived out that we're presenting. So we're not, you know, the police officers who take the kids out of the house you know, to keep them safe. Mm -hmm. And then there's a mandatory like recovery program that somebody has to go to. Like, obviously those are not going to be as well received as a place where we say, we just want to come alongside a family and support them where they're at. So it's, it's non-judgmental. It's not legalistic. Um, and we're not afraid to get our hands messy Mm -hmm. talking with raw and real kind of topics. Um, so the families we minister to kind of become part of our own extended family in a way um, in supporting them and the relationships are, are lifelong, you know. So I think there's those couple different pieces that make us unique um, in Vermont for sure, uh, but even kind of on a national level, there's not a lot of people that are doing the kind of work that we are. Hmm. What are some of the challenges particular to the state of Vermont? in terms of this environment and some of the the challenges, you know, every part of the country, it seems like there's different issues people face. Are there any things that are particularly challenging to this area? 
Uh, yes. Uh, Vermont is the least church state, or it kind of goes neck and neck with New Hampshire mm-hmm. in terms of being least church. So, you know, I grew up in PA, um, not all that far from the school, and maybe that's not the Bible Belt, but it's certainly much more prevalent. You know, Christianity is not a weird thing. Um, up here, there's lots of churches, but most of them are um, universalist, Unitarian kind of churches. Mm-hmm. So the old Baptist churches and the Methodist churches and so forth have shut down, and they've basically been purchased and now are run by secular people. So uh, a universalist church, you could have a quote-unquote Methodist, a, a Christian, a Hindu, all attending worship service together. So you can kind of figure out what that looks like, Nate. You know, right, right. What kind of I can religion, picture it. <laughs> yeah, what does, that, what does that really look like? So the culture here is... Um, generally hostile to Christianity. So it's not like our lives are in danger, but you won't see too many, uh, you know, fish stickers on the back of cars. Um, And you will see an awful lot of Wiccan um, spiritual kind of stuff going on. And so like we were talking about earlier, our local coffee shop, you can buy spells hanging on the walls of, you know, like the cow skull will get you some kind of, you know, financial blessing or you can buy the long life spells and and that's normal so being the least churched i thought meant they're all atheists and what i found out is no it's not about atheism predominantly it's about everything spiritual apart from christian spirituality i jokingly call vermont a third world mission field right here in the u.s you know it's just it's an interesting kind of dynamic so you talk about your program as being a christian program and by that, you mean that it is, in fact, a Christian program. So yeah. what does a day in the life of a, the experience of a young man or woman coming here look like and, sure. and emphasize, if you will, how it, it, you are, in fact, a Christian, a Christian facility? You know, the students wake up in the morning, and part of their morning routine is a quiet time and devotional time, uh, thanking the Lord every opportunity we get, so including for the meals, Um, So that's part of the morning and just relationship with one another and prayer times that way. They come to our school. Our school uses um, a lot of, not only, but a lot of the Accelerated Christian Education, ACE, homeschooling material. It's all biblically based. So they actually have a Bible class where they can be individually paced and work through their educational needs, which is kind of a cool topic in and of itself. Um, Afterwards... They might come home in the afternoon and have some kind of afternoon activity, which could be outdoor sports or community service. We have Bible studies every week. Um, Right now we're doing a joint worship um, meeting once a week where we get the boys and the girls home together. Um, In the evenings, um, we might have a devotional time. Um, We journal uh, between the staff and the students because some of the students are less verbal and they're more into writing and can express themselves that way and then praying over the students in the evening before they go to bed. So, I mean, it's it's not about program, and it's not about religiosity. Um, it's all about relationship. And so, you know, you have a relationship with your wife. Mm-hmm. I have a relationship with my wife. Relationship involves a lot of communication. It's two-way. It's give and take. And um, what does relationship look like day-to-day with Jesus? So everything from you know, Lord, how do you want me to answer this math question? Because I'm struggling with it. To how can I pray for my brother and sister in the Christ, in Christ who are in the home? Um, to can we serve this, you know, little old lady in the community who needs 
the three feet of snow shoveled off mm -hmm. her, the top of her mm -hmm. roof. You know, all those kinds of things. It's all about relationship, 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 which exists. You've been in this this position for five years, I believe. About as five executive years, executive director, as, right? Yeah. Um, and associated for ten years with the ministry. So, what what are you looking forward to in the next five years? What's kind of the future here? The future direction. Um, there's a couple big things that we have going on. One of them is how do we pour more into the staff? Because historically, fold staff have become the pastors and missionaries all around the world, um, having their own families, which is just awesome. Um, some of them really kind of discovering that calling while they're here. Um, and yet we're seeing younger people who love the Lord coming from a family dynamic and a social dynamic that honestly you and I never really had to deal with. And so figuring out how to best support them where they're at, calling out the Christ in them, affirming them um, in their sainthood and what God has already built into them, and yet working through the weak spots and the messy places in their life where maybe, you know, they've got their own addictions and they've got their own hang-ups. And rather than saying you're disqualified from the gospel because of your hang-ups, thankfully God doesn't do that, but learning how to grow us in those areas so that we can be healthy in the way that we role model. So that's one of them. Another big uh, initiative that I'm kind of working with and brainstorming with some other people with is how do we support the anti-trafficking movement? Because our kids that we're serving here, the ones that come to the fold or think about coming to the fold or have been through the fold are some of the kids who are at highest risk for being trafficked. Uh, predominantly sex trafficking, right? So um, we are saying as a ministry, the same gospel message that will restore the hearts and lives of a general quote-unquote at-risk kid are the same things that a, a traffic student, uh, you know, needs. A 14-year-old a, a girl coming out of the sex industry, how do you minister to her? Well, it, it's not going to be a three-step program. It's not just going to be, well, memorize three scripture verses and you're good. It's got to be about an intimate relationship where Jesus shows up in their life in a real way and says, hey, I've got good news. If you know me, you died and now who lives is someone brand new. So when we say that the old you know, is dead and gone, we mean the old is dead and gone. And so our entire life then is going to revolve around how do I come into agreement with who God says I am. Hmm. That changes our thinking. As our thinking changes, it changes our, our feelings, our emotions, our attitudes about things. And as those change, it changes our behaviors. So we're not about behavior modification, but we found if a kid or a parent or a staff person comes into agreement with who God says I am, they naturally live differently. And now you're talking about a Christian that can influence society and culture rather than be influenced by them. That's great. Well, thanks for taking some time with us here today, Jay. We appreciate it. It's a busy place. Maybe uh, someone listening might have heard the lawn mowing in the background. There's all kinds of <laughs> Always things going on work here. that yeah. has to be done and uh, upkeep. And it's a great place, uh, a great location. It seems like you're really doing great work, and we're certainly glad to have you connected with us through Cairn. Uh, if you're interested in hearing a little bit more about Jay's work here um, and uh, the Fold Family Ministries, we'll post some links below the podcast so you can take a look there. And certainly, uh, if you were to get in touch with them, I'm sure they'd be willing to provide some more information. So thanks again, Jay, for taking time with us. Thanks, alumni, for listening. 
And if you like, you can stay tuned just after the podcast to hear Jay's own Karen 10. Thanks for listening. All right, we're back with Jay Bryce to hear his Karen 10. We have the same 10 questions. We've had alumni now from a couple of different generations answer these. So we go back to the early 2000s with Jay's responses. Are you ready, Jay? Sure. Here we go. Number one, who was your favorite professor? Matt Mikulak. Which book did you read during your time that had the greatest impact on you? The Bible. Of course. (laughs) In addition? Oh. You know, I'm not... I'm not sure off the top of my head. I can't remember a specific one. All right, the Bible's a good one. Yeah. What spot on campus would you look back to and remember fondly and why? You can explain why for that one. I had a lot of fond relationships in the dorms connecting with guys who loved the Lord and were growing up together. Which class that you took would you say rocked you most at the core? Um, man, I had so many good classes. I think... One of them that comes to mind is Dr. Taves in OT history. I could listen to him all day long speak about how he would unravel scripture in a way I've never heard before. Um, and seeing how much kind of meat was there right under the surface if you're just willing to invest some time to see it. So, Who was your first roommate? Uh, Jake Lafarette. Really? I know Jake. I go to church with Jake. Well, more on that later. Okay. Yeah. Next one. What was your favorite non-academic related thing to do while you were a student? Play video games. Perfect. Which food in the cafeteria was your go-to? The ice cream. What was your favorite off-campus spot to go to with friends? The mall. What did you what would you say you um, over the years have missed about the experience that you had there that you don't get to experience? I'd say the life singularly focused on the Word of God without all the natural worldly, you know, distractions. So now it has to be real time lived out. Before it was like, I can go and spend a whole day just, you know, reading God's Word and, you know, discovering what He was trying to say through it. What is one thing about Karen that you hope will never change? That it's core feature is to teach people how to study the Word of God and figure out what God's saying for themselves. Thanks, Jay. Jay Bryce's Karen 10.